and worship Him. And so this morning I want to continue actually on my series, Faith Matters, does it? Really it does. Faith Matters. And I want to continue on uh, part number 13, and we read there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. Let's read. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that we can learn of your word, that you are truth, and you are always faithful, Lord Jesus. What you said, O oh Lord, that will happen, and we thank you, Lord, that we can put our faith in Jesus Christ and in your wonderful word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may bless us this morning. I pray, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also give grace to act upon your word. I thank you in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Israel was in captivity, actually, in Egypt. And we read a very interesting word. I think it's in Matthew. When Jesus was brought back from uh, Egypt, you know, Joseph and Mary, they went to Egypt for a while. And when they came back, there's a quote, and it says, he brought back his son from Egypt, his firstborn. Now, I want to put this also in this context a little bit. Every firstborn in Israel belonged to God. God had a right over this person or over any animal. That was a firstborn, the Bible says. And so God had a right also here over Israel. Israel was a slave nation in Egypt. And we know exactly God had a plan to bring Israel out of slavery. And the Bible often refers about this, I brought you out of the house of slavery. And slaves had to be redeemed. And that's interesting. That's where actually that part, or actually, let me put it this way, the celebration of Passover belongs to the redeeming of Israel out of the house of slavery. And we read here, Moses actually refers to Moses, by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. Passover is something where God did and he promised Israel that he will not touch Israel because Israel was the firstborn son of God. You understand this? Yes? And every firstborn needed to be redeemed. And God redeemed Israel in a wonderful way. Interesting on my theme this morning is under the blood. Why do we Christians speak so much about the blood? Some Christians don't. 
There was a sophisticated lady, and we call her a lady like etipitate. That's a French expression. You know, and this lady, she came to a preacher and said, I don't understand you. You always preach about this slaughterhouse religion. Always about the blood. It is disgusting. And the preacher looked at her, and he saw and said something to her. Lady, your sins you're doing and the lifestyle you're living is more disgusting. And all of a sudden, she looked up, and he explained her what it is all about. It is the blood of the Lamb, hallelujah. Are you under the blood of the Lamb? Have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? If not, you're not going to heaven. Very simple. And that's why it's so important to listen this morning. As the Bible says clearly, and we read these uh, verses of this thought often. Actually, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And Moses sat there, and that was what the Lord told him to tell the children of Israel. The blood should be a sign for you on the house where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over and know and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God is sovereign. What God says, it is real and is important. Whether you like it or not, he is sovereign because he has made everything. He has made you and me. Okay. Things are a little bit feeble or the... Okay, uh, this is a little bit too long here. Belongs to my pocket. Remember, a bloodless gospel is no gospel at all. A bloodless church, a church that is speaking about God and things like that and environment and so on, is not a real church, it's a dead church. We must Proclaim the power of the blood of Jesus by which every rotten sinner can be saved and be washed. Hallelujah. That's important. The blood of Jesus is the most holy means to save a rotten sinner. It doesn't work by payment, by money or so. The Bible says very clearly, and that's what I want to point out this morning, under the blood, the blood of Jesus is therefore that any sinner, no matter what sin you have done, can be forgiven and can be cleansed from. And that's important. Treasure the blood of Jesus this morning. The Bible says very clearly. And also, David, when he was or had sinned. We know in Psalm 51, the repentant psalm of David. And he puts a sentence in there in verse 7. Psalm 51, verse 7. Purify me with his hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter 
than snow. Actually, hyssop was a kind of a bunch, and that was used in order to dip in the blood and uh, apply it to the lintel and the two posts of the door. And when God said, when I see this blood on, you, on the door, then I will pass over. And that blood was a sign that an animal, a lamb, has been slaughtered and it gave his life for you and for me. And that's what it is with the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist understood very clearly. He didn't say, behold, there's a new teacher or behold, there's a great man. He said, behold what? The Lamb of God. God was looking for a lamb that he chose, and Jesus Christ is the lamb of God, and his blood is powerful. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And according to the law, one may say almost, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding, not Spilling, listen, and without shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness. I want to also address to every, every communion speaker, don't use the word. Jesus spilled his blood. No, no. Spilling is a sign of carelessly handling it. And we see here, there was very clear Description, how to handle the blood of the land. Jesus shed his blood for me and for you. Now this night, Passover night, was a very decisive night. In every house there should be a lamb. And I tell you what, that's so important. In every house must be a lamb nature. If there's a couple that married and two have the nature like a lion or a wolf, I tell you what, there's always something happening in that household. At least one has to be a lamb and has to have the lamb's nature in order to bring things down. And that's good so. Are you a lamb in your house or are you a man? So no. What I say that has to be done. You're not a man. You are a weakling. You are a weakling. A lamb can give in. And when Jesus was announced, behold the lamb of God. After he got the victory in Revelation, then Jesus was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Now, we want to continue. In every house, a lamb. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, we can read it there. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the tenth of, the, of this month, there are each one to take a lamb for themselves, 
according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. That's what the Bible said. And God said, put this blood on the lintel of the door and the two poles. God put responsibility of your house into your hands, O oh fathers. You understand? God puts the responsibility into your hands, fathers, for your house. And blessed is the father who could say, all my children have been saved by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Do you understand it? Perhaps it's important to listen to that, what the Bible says clearly. The blood was kept in a bowl or a vessel. The blood must be carefully handled. I remember it was in the beginning of this church a number of years ago, we were still in Clayton, Clayton Hall. Anybody knows where it is in Clayton? And uh, we invited a guest speaker, and he thought, well, I want to heat up the church a little bit. So he thought, um, after he preached, he said, now, let's dance. Have you anywhere read that you dance in the church? And I was in charge then, and he said, what chorus can we sing? So I, in my simpleness, I said, let's sing, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. He said, no, we can't dance to it. And I said, no, then we don't dance. It's just simple as that. We don't dance. The blood of Jesus had to be handled carefully. If you can't dance and say, oh, the blood of Jesus, that is spilling the blood of Jesus and carelessly handling these precious things or the blood of the Lamb. Now we see here clearly, you shall be or you shall take in Exodus 12, 22, you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood which is in the basin and apply some of the blood that is in the basin onto the lintel and the two doorposts and none of you shall be outside the door of this house until the morning. God wanted to do something that everybody in the household of the Israelites should stay in the house, should stay under the blood. Don't dare to trample the blood of Jesus and go out from the protection of what God has given you. You understand it? Nobody should go out what the Bible says. And we see something when the night came, Israel was saved. This night was a very decisive night. 
God said clearly, God would judge Egypt. And that's also God's sovereignty. Whether God judged Egypt and Pharaoh, it's God's business, not your business. Understand? God judged Egypt, and he said truly to the children of Israel, I want you to apply the blood, that when I see the blood, I will pass over. Are you under the blood? Anybody here could say, I am under the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Pastor Gary. Yes, I know you by now a little bit. Have you realized he has got two wonderful hymns which are his favorite hymns? And one is this. I'm standing on the promises of God. Is that right, Pastor Gary? The next one is, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Is that right? See, I know him a little bit. Because we have sung these wonderful hymns many times. Hallelujah. And it's good so. Let's praise the name of Jesus. And let's worship him always, always. Now it was so decisive that God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Now, I could imagine, because it was known to Israel through Moses that the firstborn would die if there is the blood not being applied. The firstborn would die. I could imagine the household of the Israelites that the oldest son said, Dad, did you apply the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts? Did you? No, I haven't done it. But I do it straight away because the eldest son knew it could be his death tonight. Without blood on the door, that means the plague that had come over Egypt would also hit Israelites. We as Christians must, must not think, because we are Christian, we can live like the world. If you live like the world, you will also die as the world, and you will, will go to hell as well. And that's so important. That's why stay in the house the whole night till the morning. Now we see a group in Revelation. And this group in Revelation, they had, or something was said about them. They have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony. And they did not love their life, even facing death. And that's important. These people in Revelation, they have overcome. And there are three things 
we read of them. Revelation 12, 10, verse 10 and 11. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For they, for the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. He who accused them before God day and night. Who is the accuser? The devil. The devil accused them and he has been thrown down. But there are three things they have done. And that's the first thing is they have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And these are the three signs. Whether you are under the blood of the Lamb or not. And it's this. Their sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Very, very important. We all have heard about Andrew Crouch, the gospel singer from America, a black man, and he traveled in the time of the hippie time. Anybody here who remembers the hippies time and the Jesus people time? I remember them. I remember them. There were the, these people who said, well, there's no point to live. And they were also the so-called flower power people. Yes? And they were totally sold into rock music and immorality and stuff like that. But they found Jesus. There was one who preached to them Jesus Christ. And they believed and they remember the first announcement in a Christian magazine. Many young people in California got baptized because they believed in Jesus Christ. And I remember the pastor of the church. I think it was Chuck Smith. Yes, anybody remembers his name, Chuck Smith? And he was the first who baptized these so-called flower power people in the Pacific over there in America. Years later in 82, I was in his church and we visited his church with a number of German pastors and we looked what God was doing. Marvelous and wonderful. That's why we have still churches from him that come from him. He started that movement and many came to Jesus Christ. And this Andrew Crouch, he sang a song. And the song is this. The power of the blood will never fail, will never fail. And in the chorus, he said, it reaches the highest mountain. It flows through the lowest valley. The blood, the blood gives me strength from day to day and will never, and will never lose its power 
Hallelujah. Can I hear a hallelujah? How much means the blood of Jesus for you? And will never lose its power. Hallelujah. No matter what you have done, how deep you have been in sin, and whatever it was, this blood reaches out to you. It reaches the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. Hallelujah. And Andrew Crouch sang these songs in his concerts. And his time, he was also in Germany. And my nephew was in one of these concerts. And wherever he was, he sang these wonderful songs. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. I don't know what your situation is. The accuser might have come to you because you did something where you knew it wasn't right before God. And this accuser has been thrown down. He has got no right any longer. If you are covered with the blood of the Lamb, then you are free, free from sin, free from anything and everything that God hates. Yes, that's where these who were there and could sing and proclaimed. The Bible says here, Revelation, they have overcome him, the devil. There's power in the blood to overcome Satan. Amen? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Hallelujah. I remember a baptismal service we had many years ago. And Leon, your older brother. Yes, what was his name again? Your older brother. James. And we were there in the Baptist church having a baptismal service. And he played in those days the drums. And I played as good as I could a hymn. And we sang this hymn. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I sat at the piano and played a little bit. And he was next to me. And I liked it. And I said, give a little bit more. And he played louder. And we were singing. There is power in the blood. Wonder working power. Hallelujah. There is power in the blood. No matter Satan might have attacked you and accused you of anything, bring it under the blood power of the blood. And you are free. Amen. Hallelujah. There is power in the blood. Wonder-working power. And this group the Bible is speaking of, they didn't love their life even faced with death. Persecution was then already. 
And I remember, I think it is the persecution under Nero. They used those persecuted as a light in his gardens. People were then over, were put over with tar and then lit up and martyrs were burned in Nero's garden. That was the time they faced. In those days of early Christianity, if anyone who wants to be baptized could not say, I'm prepared to give my life for Jesus, they didn't baptize them. They didn't baptize them. If we would ask this question today, would you still be baptized? Would you still? And who then turned away? They knew he doesn't mean it seriously with God. And all those who said, yes, I'm prepared to give my life for Jesus because he did everything for me. They were baptized. Could you mention? That was a powerful church then. Of course. The blood of the Lamb is powerful. And they did not love their life, even faced with death. I don't know whether you've heard about Henry de Jong. Anybody heard of Henry de Jong, the Swiss man? Have you ever heard about the Geneva Convention? Yes? Henry de Jong at the Geneva Convention in Geneva, he was a Swiss man, he invited or actually he was the founder of the so-called Red Cross. Anybody heard about the Red Cross? Yes. What was the Red Cross for? Did you know that? And that was clear. And this convention, convention said so. Wherever the Red Cross in a battlefield is, there should be the firing ceasing. In other words, to give any army the chance to gather the wounded people from the battlefield. It was in World War II. A nurse and one of these people who collected the the wounded people got the task to collect all the wounded people from the battlefield after the battle was done. But still there were some aeroplanes circling in the air over it. And they were on their way already to the battlefield to collect the wounded soldiers. And the nurse said, oh, I forgot the Red 
cross flag. What are we going to do? Attack was there. What are we going to do? And she had an idea. She came to the place. She ripped a few strips of cloth, dipped it in the blood of the wounded soldiers, and attached it on a white sheet, a cross, the Red Cross. And now she knew we will not be attacked by the circling enemies' airplanes. Are you under the blood? Oh, the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary for you and me. I am under the blood. There is safety under the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you protected Israel as it did, as you said through Moses, to apply the blood of the lamb on the lintel and the two doorposts. And you said, Lord, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Lord, you have passed over my life. I thank you. All my sins are under the blood of the lamb. I am free. I am free. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that you will let us understand the importance to be under the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. And then we'll read in the night, Pharaoh. He woke up. In Egypt, there was a lot of crying. And the Bible says that the firstborn was killed because Egypt had to give free this enslaved nation. They didn't give that redemption, didn't have the redemption. The blood was the redemption for Israel. And every firstborn was holy to God. And God has the right over that person. And this person, the firstborn son, had to be redeemed. That's where the thought redemption comes from. Hallelujah. And God gave us redemption through his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Calvary, the place where his blood was shed for you and me. Amen.
Are you under the blood of the Lamb? Oh, hallelujah. Are you under the blood of the Lamb? Stay inside the fellowship with God. Don't try to sneak out. Say, Lord, I love you. Amen. Hallelujah. I think perhaps we should sing a little chorus. Anybody here who could play this chorus, I love you, Lord. And we all should stand up and worship the Lord. Yes. Do you know it, my dear brother Isaac? Yes. I think it's the key of F. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Are you under the blood? Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. And have a wonderful day. Remain under the blood of the Lamb. God bless you.